Hey, friends, and welcome to episode 12 of It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. I'm your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, and I am thrilled to bring today's episode to you guys an interview with women's leadership expert, Amy Landry. In today's conversation with Amy, we cover everything from cultivating leadership skills in your personal and professional life to the importance and power that lies in knowing your strengths to the tough transition that new moms make when they return to work. If you're someone who is at all interested in taking on leadership roles, what Amy has to say is going to be right up your alley. And one thing I'll add If you're a mom, you'll probably relate to our conversation about the shock of returning to work after having a baby. And if you're not a mom, maybe you want to have children someday or you have friends or colleagues with kids, you'll learn a little more about what that transition is like and how you can show compassion and be supportive to women during one of the most challenging stages of life. I hope this episode inspires you to take action in some way, whether it's uncovering your strengths, growing as a leader, or supporting higher standards of parental support in the workplace. So let me tell you about Amy and get ready because she's kind of a big deal. Amy is CEO of Landry Corporate Training, LLC. She's a certified human resources professional through the Society of Human Resources and a certified practitioner for the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator Assessment. You might have heard me mention this before as the MBTI. Amy and I actually met a few years ago at the same MBTI certification weekend, and we just kept running into each other after that. Amy is also founder of Diapers to Desk, whose mission is to improve maternity reintegration for new moms and to help companies with the retention of working parents. Diapers to Desk has grown into a successful company with clients nationwide, including Shell Oil and Gas and the Pentagon. Amy designed and now leads the Loyola University Women's Leadership Academy and serves several organizations in leadership roles, including the American Businesswomen's Association, the New Orleans Business Alliance, the New Orleans Society of Human Resources Management, the New Orleans Chamber of Commerce, and the Junior League of New Orleans. And she definitely gets recognized for all of her contributions to the professional community. The New Orleans ABWA awarded Amy Woman of the Year in 2019. And she was named the New Orleans City Business Woman of the Year Class of 2018. Girlfriend's got some accolades. (laughs) In this episode, we talk a lot about the transition to being a working mom. And before I became a mom, I knew that I wanted Camilla to have the right toys. And I I don't mean the most popular, hottest toy on the top 10 lists. I wanted to make sure that she had developmentally appropriate toys to help her learn and grow. But I honestly didn't know where to start. Then I found the Love Every Baby Play Kits. Love Every is a company that offers products and information which help create developmental experiences in the lives of new babies and families. Every other month, Camilla receives a box of adorable developmentally appropriate toys made with sustainably sourced wood and organic cotton fabrics that are 100% baby safe. 
I love this subscription because I know I'm giving her something educational and fun without having to do tons of research and buying a whole bunch of separate toys. That takes a lot of time and can get really expensive. This way, she's getting quality educational toys delivered straight to our door. And there's always a little surprise inside for me too. Like last month, there was a really cute acrylic picture frame that's found a home on a shelf in my office. You can get $10 off of your first Love Every purchase by visiting abouttimepodcast.com forward slash play kit. And I'll be sure to include this link in the show notes. And speaking of show notes, I know you're probably multitasking right now or you're in the car running errands, which isn't exactly the best situation for taking notes. Don't worry, I've got you covered. I've taken the notes so you don't have to. Everything we mentioned in today's episode, from the professional organizations Amy's a part of to the book recommendations and more, it can all be found in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 12. I've also got you covered if you haven't had a chance to set your goals for the year ahead yet. It's never too late to set goals and create your intention for the year And if you want to partner in the process, I've created a 20-page workbook and coaching video that walks you through my simple three-part process to setting SMART goals and setting yourself up for success. You can grab this totally free planning bundle to design your best year ever in the show notes or by visiting abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 2020 best year ever. The Best Year Ever bundle is yours for free for the entire month of January. So grab it while you can. Finally, I want to thank you again for tuning in. And if you haven't yet, I encourage you to click the subscribe button to be notified as soon as new episodes and surprise bonus episodes go live. If you like what you hear, I'd be so grateful for your review. Your reviews play a huge role in helping others find it's about time in the search results. And you just might get a shout out in a future episode, like this one from Dear Kelsey D. Dear Kelsey D writes, anxiously awaiting this podcast. Finally, a podcast that speaks to the heart of the professional woman seeking a balance between excelling in a career and in the home. Busy is most definitely not a badge of honor, and I cannot wait to hear more advice on how to better manage work-life balance. I will be tuning in weekly. Dear Kelsey D, thank you so much for taking time to write such a kind review. I'm with you. Busy is not a badge of honor, and I truly hope that you can grab some helpful takeaways for how to find that balanced feeling you're looking for. Thanks so much for being a listener. And with that, it's about time we get started. So let's get this show on the road. You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. Hey, Amy, 
welcome to It's About Time. I am so thrilled that you are spending a little bit of time with us today. Well, thank you for having me. I am honored to be a part of your podcast. So exciting. (laughs) Thank you. So I told the listeners a little bit about who you are and what Uh, what all you're involved in, but I would love for them to hear it straight from you. Would you tell us a little bit about who you are, your story, and how you spend your time these days? Sure. So I am into all things training and development. Um, So I have, I own Landry Corporate Training. So I specialize in building custom trainings and leadership programs for companies. Um, This this past year, I worked with um, opening up the Sazerac House here in New Orleans, as well as Commander's Palace, just building leadership programs, customer service. And I also am specializing in all things women and leadership. I love mm-hmm. girl power. Um, so, yeah. Right. I'm the founder of Diapers to Desk, which um, is a program that supports working parents, and it helps guide new mothers um, before, during, and after parental leave and their their work and help them navigating that part of their the transition. And um, then I created a leadership academy at Loyola University. So those are just a couple a couple things that I've been up to. No, you know, no big deal. Yeah, no big deal. So <laughs> so let me get this straight. So you've got Landry Corporate Training, which is all things like training, customer service, and you've had some pretty amazing clients. I mean, Commander's Palace, that's kind of a big deal. <laughs> it was quite an honor to be to help I helped create a leadership program um for them this summer and it was it was an honor. They have a great team working there. T Martin, the owner, is just an incredible, amazing woman in business, and I really admire her. So it was quite a, um, it was quite an honor to work with them. Yeah, I can imagine. Okay. So Landry Corporate Training and then Diapers to Desk, and we'll talk a whole lot more about Diapers to Desk and the work that you do with that area of your life. Um, but you're a mom as well. Yes. My firecracker of a daughter is going to be six on December, December 31st. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. That's a New Year's Eve baby. <laughs> I know. She is a New Year's Eve baby. So, um, I mean, I, I just coordinated fireworks for her birthday every year. It's like I'm the greatest mom ever. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, how fun. And then Loyola's leadership, Women's Leadership Program. I would love to hear a little bit about what exactly that means. So, first, Loyola is a university here in New Orleans. So kick us off by telling us just about how that works. Well, sure. Um, And I guess before I even dive into that, I'll I'll give you a little bit of my background about why I got passionately involved with women in business. Perfect. um, Yeah. So we'll we'll start there because I was an an HR director when I had my daughters um, six years ago. And when I came back to work, I really experienced firsthand the shock and disconnect of returning back to work. Shock is a really good word for it. (laughs) It was a, it was the biggest shock of my life. And, and, and just understanding that nobody really prepares women for this. And I had so many emotions and an incredible, I was a a totally different person overnight and, and nobody talks about it. My priorities shifted. I was still the same person, but completely different. Yeah. And so I ended up building my program um, that has now become its own company, Diverse to Desk. Um, but 
I left my corporate job and I started consulting in my own business. And this was almost six years ago. Wow. My first association that I joined um, was American Business Women's Association. So ABWA, and I cannot recommend it enough. Um, there, it's a national association, but I helped charter the, the chapter here um, in New Orleans. And so uh, that the, the group really helped grow me as a woman in business. Because wow. never in a million... Yeah, right. Never in a million years did I think that I would be a business owner, let alone a successful business owner that, you know, I, I really have been thriving. But I met the group. It gave me some great tools. It gave me, it gave me a great network to help, you know, grow, grow my business. And um, and actually, when I met the um, director of Loyola's um, professional and continuing studies about almost two years ago. Um, I had been working with women and and just seeing firsthand how women actually like to collaborate together. I think that there's magic and working together with other women. And, and it's just now now is the time that women are coming together because I think we all want to see positive change. So I, I actually had gone in, I had created an equal payday event for American Business Women's Association, and I was trying to partner with Loyola. And I went in to pitch that. And then I ended up just letting them, you know, just saying, you should create this academy. And somehow that ball started rolling. And then I got to be a part of the creation. And then I was later hired as the program facilitator. It's been an amazing program. We have 40 women that are graduating January wow. 31st. 40 women, and I'm talking, we have surgeons, we have an NOPD sergeant, we have business owners, we have, you know, attorneys, it's just an incredible group of women, professional women. And then we are going to start another class in March. Amy, what blows me away is that you had this idea that started as a spark and you just, you went to them and and you made this recommendation because you saw it being just a an incredible service and opportunity for women in the community. And then you made it happen. I, I have to imagine that that feels amazing to see something go from idea to reality and how it's impacted so many women. You know, what has that been like for you? Oh, wow. That's a great, uh, it's been very humbling, but it's amazing. It's amazing to see something come to fruition. And I, you know, you and I met doing yes. our Myers-Briggs, <laughs> getting certified. And, you know, honestly, Anna, I really work in my strength zone. I know what I'm good at and what I bring to the table and I, I operate there. And I have lots of energy and enthusiasm and I have a big picture. And so I brought that to the table and it's a matter of pairing up with the right people that can, you know, carry your vision. And so really being able to, you know, bring women together. And and I've, I've been in different leadership programs. So I knew if we built it, yeah. the women would come. And then I also knew that my job and my role was to be the cheerleader and to, you know, just be there every month and just making those connections happen and that I knew it would happen. So just having that faith. But I mean, it has been a huge payoff because when you're building anything, you have such naysayers that are like, no. Um, and I love the quote that your critics will like look at you until you've done it. And then, then they're going to ask yes. you, wait, how did you do it? Right. But, so just really staying uh, on, on track and keeping that positive attitude. 
I have a, um, one of my greatest strengths is just being positive and having a positive attitude. But, you know, when the program um, started, and I knew it, I knew that because I've been working with women in business, I, I knew that there was a lot of positive energy around supporting and growing women in business. And so I, I really believed in the program. Um, but when we started it, there were like the, the comments Nobody really believed we would get 40 women to sign up. And then sure enough, 40 women signed up, 50 women, and they j- the applications just kept coming. And then – and now the, the – the, I think the hardest part was having the first year. And now I think it's just going to continue because – The success um, is proven. Now we have alumni. Right, right. And so alumni will keep giving back. And it's just it's, – it's a give back. And I think – um, that's been part of my role is is how to, you know, pouring into it and, you know, each month women pour into each other, which has been really awesome. That brings me to my next question. You mentioned women pouring into each other. I'm very curious since you've spent so much time in women's leadership development, both coordinating programs for others and taking in the information and doing your own personal development, how is women's leadership different? That's a great question. Uh, and I, you know, honestly, I think it's just not that there's anything different with women in leadership. There's just been a lack of, of women wow. in leadership. And if you look, I think, you know, I, I think it's 2.1% of, of all Fortune 500 companies are mm-hmm. women are the CEOs. And so there's, there's that gap of women that have risen to management positions, but are, are not getting to that CEO level or that executive position. And, and there's a million reasons why um, lots of things, mainly, I mean, women are, are caregivers and, you know, traditionally it's been more acceptable for a woman to, you know, step out of the workforce and raise children. And that can help derail your career, not help that, that, does derail your career. And that's part of the the mission and what we do with Diapers to Dusk is trying to keep women engaged and retained so they don't have to completely step out of the workforce and they're able to continue um, with their career. Because right now, um, women feel like they have to choose, you know, whether I can have my child or my career. And women, we shouldn't have to choose which one. And um, so I really would like to see that change where, you know, I I know you have a daughter and I have a, you know, my daughter, I want her to feel like she, she can have a child and she's not scared to have, you know, a child, but, you know, she can be a CEO and, you know, also, you know, take some time and raise her child. Yeah, without having to feel like it's an either or, or a sacrifice being made or a a loss of momentum is inevitable. It is. And there are many biases that that exist against women and, you know, especially women as and leaders and women are supposed to act a certain way and dress a certain way and, you know, even even talk a certain way. Um, And so some of that, I mean, I, I even knew when I was I was um, an executive and I had a conversation with my director, my boss, and one of the feedback was I was too nice and friendly and, you know, um, which, which that's just me. And, you know, I think sometimes women, you know, are, are, are told to look a certain way or, you know, talk a certain way or, or if you are too aggressive, right. then you're not a nice person. <laughs> How do you win? And, and, right. I, you, I, it's just really a, it, it is a predicament and it, it's really a tough predicament because there are so many, so many ways and that we're supposed to act or say or do. And so 
it's but it's having those conversations uh, mm-hmm. and that pushback, right? And and even in women uh, loyal as women leadership academy, we we had our women present on their leadership journey, and the the theme of them presenting was um, some of them had pushback. Um, with their supervisors or their managers, you know, some of them had promotions, but all of them wow. had power. And so they had a, you know, they they told stories of just really taking ownership of like their own power and, you know, embracing like, I'm going to wear my red shoes. I don't care if it's not acceptable. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be me because, you know, that's where you are authentic. And when women are not authentic leaders, and I think that's w- where we fall into not being great leaders is we're, we're just told that we should be something different. One thing that I've found is that with a better understanding of my personal strengths, um, which could also be put as understanding my power, I am, I'm so much better yes. able to lead authentically. What advice would you give to the listeners? Some are in nine to five, some are supervisors, some are own their own businesses, But what advice would you give to someone who is having a hard time really nailing down, okay, wait, what are my strengths? What is it that makes me unique? That is, I I am a hundred, just like you, as I do operate in in an area or operate in my genius zone. I think you were, you, were you the one talking about the genius zone? Yeah, yeah. Operating your genius zone. Okay. <laughs> Which is amazing because I, I love that. And it I took away when I saw you talking about it. I was like, because I know I operate in my my genius zone. And, and just, just a side note for the listeners, uh, I spoke to uh, a, a women's business seminar a few months ago and gave a presentation about how to be the visionary in your business. And part of that involves really narrowing down which of those tasks that you're both passionate and proficient at. And that helps you determine what your genius zone is so that you're spending most of your time in the area that really moves the needle in your business. So just wanted to clarify that real quick. Yeah. So I, I feel like I work in my genius zone, (laughs) but, um, and how I got into it and I work within my passion, um, after, I worked for Disney after college and I went into work for Walt Disney World for the rest of my life. That was my dream. Um, but life happens and I ended up breaking my leg dancing oh, on no. um, Disney Cruise Lines, which is a whole separate story. <laughs> I did not know that at all. That's amazing. I mean, I, I really hate to hear that you broke your leg, but what? I know. Well, just that's how I have my customer service and my leadership background. But um, working on a cruise ship, just FYI, is extremely hard work. So overtime starts at 70 hours a wow. week. Um, it's It was a lot. But anyways, I, um, I, I had to come back to Texas and I did a lot of um, – I, I was 24 at the time, so I, I literally went through a quarter life crisis of like, okay, where do I go? What do I want to do? I don't, I don't know. And I ended up finding my book, and it was my first time Ooh. I ever learned about Myers Briggs, and um, and it's called Do What You Are. You can buy it on Amazon, but I highly recommend um, if you don't know your strengths or your, you know, what sets your heart on fire, there are so many assessments and different things that you can find. But um, I found Do What You Are, and it ended up leading me Mm -hmm. into graduate school, and I found my path into um, human resources and training and development, and um, that is kind of how I got onto my path. And so I love 
training and development. I live for the light bulb. Um, I love seeing people uh, just come up and, and professional development. I love that. Now, as far as like HR, I know what I don't like and I, I don't operate where I, what, what I don't enjoy. Um, so if you don't know what you like, you know, finding a book, whether it's do what you are, strength finders, um, any type of assessment where you're like, okay, this is what I'm good at, whether mm-hmm. it's strategizing or if you like organizing or if you like creating, I mean, we're all good at different things or, you know, and so just, just really understanding this is what I bring to the table. Um, this is, this is how I get my joy and my energy and then, then doing that. And, and that's, I get all the time, Anna, like it's, I sometimes don't tell people everything I do because people are like, oh my gosh, you're so busy. And that's what they say. And I'm, they're always like, you're so busy. I don't know how you do it. But I do it and I do it how? Because I, I everything that I do yes. brings me energy and joy. So that, yeah, so that's kind of why and how I'm able, that's my secret is I really love what I do. And when you love what you do, it brings you passion and enthusiasm. And then it's easy. It's easy to just be a walking, you know, a walking broadcaster because you love what you do. Yeah. So step one for doing all of the things that you do is to love what you do. Yes, totally. Let's, let's see, what would step two be? And Amy, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about sort of the, the nitty gritty or the tactical way that you get things done, not just across your different projects, but, you know, with your family, because, you know, you've got a little girl, you've got a husband, um, how are there any tools or apps or techniques or tricks that you have as favorites that help you do what you do? Yes, definitely. I will. And you know what? Step two, I mean, I know step one is love what you do, but step two is no, not saying yes to everything and and really scheduling yeah. out what I commit to. And um, and that is huge. And I, I cannot say yes to everything because I do want to, I do, I'm a mystery reader for Aww. tomorrow at Ava's school. I want to be able to, you know, be part of her Girl Scout troop and do this. And then I do have a husband. And I mean, I shut my computer down mm-hmm. every night when he walks in the door. I don't do work at night. And so, but scheduling, um, we have a family calendar that we use and we update it every Sunday. So we go through it and um, my husband, Philip, makes it a point to pick up Ava on the nights that I need help. But I, I also am very careful. Like I cannot right. go to every event at night. It's just not possible. Um, I say no to a lot of work events. And there are I'm- so many work events in the evenings. I feel like having Camilla being so young, I've said no to the vast majority of evening work events. And it only occurred to me this year just how many there are because of how many I've had to say no to. Yes, so many, and there's not there there's not a lot for you to bring your family to. And it's funny because having a small child, I'm like, I want to bring my baby. Like, I don't want to leave my child at home. And 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 so, but yes, there's a ton of like evening events, and you know, not only not be with my child, but you know, I just think that's family time, right. and it's really important, you know, for for me to have family time. So, um my boundaries and setting those boundaries and and really saying no is powerful and i think that no is a complete sentence and i don't say yes to everything and i have to look and i t- sometimes map it out by the month and say okay i'm going to this event or i'm going to that event and really picking and choosing Definitely. what i say 
yeah, what I say yes to and um, understanding that this is the one you know, having a reason like, okay, I'm going to go to this because this person is, is there, you know, honestly, how I got the job with Commander's Palace is um, T was speaking at a top female achiever event. And I said, I want to go to Commander's and I want to meet her. And I schedule it and I went, but you know, I just being strategic and smart with your time, you have to have not an agenda, but you have to know, okay, why am I in this association? What is the benefit for me? What's the benefit that I bring? And why am I doing this? You know, why does this matter? Absolutely. You know, Amy, I think the misconception that a lot of people have whenever like people like you or me or some of the other women that I've interviewed on the podcast who have a lot on their plates, I think the misconception is that they're just doing all of these things, but but the person asking the question or being so caught off guard doesn't realize just how strategic and meaningful each activity on the calendar is. Very much so. Very, very, very much so. So, and I laugh, I, I tell people all the time, they're like, oh my God, you're in everything, you do all this stuff. And I, I say, it's like, actually, I, I do, I have two associations, but I'm a maximizer from your strength finders. If you've ever done that, mm-hmm. like I maximize stuff. So um, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do, I'm going to go all in. Yeah. And, you know, and there's some things like, oh, I would, I would love to help with this or help with that. Right. And I, I joke all the time. It's like, you know, my, my big, my big things are women and leadership and training and development. So, you know, I'm, I'm either working with Nola Sherm, which is um, New Orleans Society of Human Resource Management, or with, you know, American Business Women's Association. Those are my two associations. I, I've served on the board for both of them and that's kind of it. So I'm, I'm really leveraging those two associations and my connections. You know, I, I'm not, unfortunately, you know, saving the environment or saving animals. You're not going to see me, you know, out there. We can't do everything. No, I can't. So somebody else has got to like, you know, uh, help with recycling and help, you know, you know, or run for politics. Right. But you know what I do, I am doing, it is intentional and strategic and, you know, um, so yes. I love that. Um, so for the women who are listening and men, because I know that I do have some some male listeners as well. Hey guys, uh, what advice would you give someone who is interested in beginning to cultivate their own leadership skills? Well, I think this this theme of what we've talked about is really knowing your strengths mm-hmm. and and capitalizing on those strengths and then you know bringing that to the table and, and owning it. So really articulating and understanding that you have a big picture strategic thinking that that's kind of what you bring to the table and then finding jobs that that highlight what you're good at and you know all too often so many people get in the wrong job and they 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 don't and they don't feel like they are living up to their true potential. And that's frustrating. And, and it's not good for you or the company or your, you know, your boss or your, your, because it's not good for anybody. Mm-hmm. So if you really finding where you're good at and then, you know, signing up for like a leadership program or, you know, finding a coach and then honing those skills, um, honing your your leadership skills emotional intelligence is a great book you can buy that on amazon i'll link to that in the show notes too all of these amazing book recommendations that amy has made will be linked in the show notes perfect and emotional intelligence is amazing because it starts with um explains you have 
um, IQ, personality, and EQ. And that's kind of what makes up your leadership skill set. And so your IQ is what you were born with, but there is a book called Mindset, which is amazing. Uh, and Mindset is all about growing your intelligence and growing, like you have a growth mindset. Ooh. And then the personality, which is like Myers-Briggs or, you know, a, a, something like that. And um, your EQ, and you can buy emotional intelligence on Amazon. And it even gives you a report. It'll give you like a 16-page report and strategies of all all ways to build it mm. and and help, help you just improve as a as a leader but you know those those three things just really getting a full grasp on you as a person and how you're perceived and you know if you're an extrovert you know can you read body language do you know when to stop talking you know if you're right <laughs> yeah um, and if you're an introvert, you know, are you are you not talking enough? Are you not raising your hand? You know, how do you connect with people that are different than you? And you know, are and all of that is really important to know as a leader. You know, so many times. Okay, y'all. So I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, and all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules, and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you wanna know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. People equate leadership with having a corner office and speaking on stage or having a certain like position like CEO or president. And there may be some of you listening right now thinking, okay, uh, does this even apply to me? What am I going to get out of this? And so, Amy, I'm really curious, what advice or what would you say to someone 
who may not be in a positional leadership role, but why is cultivating leadership skills still important? That's a great question. And, you know, I I think so many of us have different values and different priorities. I, I have a friend that, you know, her priority is becoming a CEO, and that's what she values. And I have another friend that at this moment, she's not working because she's um, stayed at home and she has three three children and and she values that and so it's it's kind of where but she's also my friend that has staying at home right now she's now found her way into running the parent um, the parent organization which is which is really funny so so it's kind of your value but you know what whatever your your focus on in life you know I think we're we are leaders to each other uh, and if you're a a parent, you're a leader to your child. And so really, though, I think leadership skills and that self-assessment and self-awareness is all about realizing your own potential and potential and just really feeling like whatever you do, um, you're doing, like you're living your best life, right? I know that's kind of cheesy, but you are living your potential. You are are, are using your gifts that you know you have been blessed with and able to really feel like you are making a difference. And I think whether you are a CEO or you are building a business or you are raising children, you we all want to feel like we yes. matter. And yeah, and and just if you if you're living authentically and living um, with those gifts, then you feel like you're making a difference. Wow. You know, you really hit the nail on the head, Amy, when you said that we all want to feel like we matter. And having that understanding of who you are and what you do best and how you can contribute those to the greater good, even if that greater good is just your living room, makes, makes, yeah, it, it just makes all the difference. I want to shift gears just a second over to diapers to desk. That's it's such an interesting and such a needed concept. I, I myself had my little girl Camilla in January and had really no idea how to mentally prepare myself. I, I was a solo business owner at the time, still am and had to cobble together Google resources to figure out how exactly to plan for my DIY maternity leave, which still ended up not being much of a maternity leave at all because I kept one of my clients. I looked back. So right after I had Camilla, I picked up one of those, you know, sentence a day journals And I'll flip through it every once in a while. And I looked back and realized that I was doing social media for a client four days after I got home from the hospital. And I realized that it's because I was trying to bring some feeling of normalcy back back to my life and that I really linked that feeling of work and that you know, fulfilling something for someone else, that service to a client as being a a core part of who I was. So that, that four days after coming home from the hospital, doing social media, it probably sounds crazy, but to me, it sounded completely normal. And I really learned that there's no such thing as normal because everyone has such a different experience. Um, And so for those of you listening, either 
if, if you are a mom, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you may become a parent someday, then this is your heads up. And if you have no plans to have children, this is a really great opportunity for you to learn a little bit about what it's like and how you can support those in your community or your family who make that transition from just being a person to a parent. Um, but the biggest thing I learned is that it's just, it's different. It's shocking. It's, and no one is completely prepared for it. So diapers to desk, tell me about how you guide women through that major transition. Yes. So we, you're so right. It's so needed. I, um, and the conversation is still one that we're starting and it's, it's, um, it's definitely been an uphill battle. I am not going to lie. It has been uphill pushing and advocating for for working mothers and working fathers and and talking about the bias that exists. And so we, you know, just women, we've already had a hard time climbing climbing the ladder and there's a lack of women leadership. And then you'll even see that that women as mothers, that they're hitting that maternal wall is what they call it. And, you know, a lot of the equal pay and the is, is attributed to working mothers because so many women, you know, that are, are qualified are like, I'll take less pay, just give me yeah. some flexibility. And so many women are carrying this heavy, heavy burden and and that's why burnout is so real and so many women are just throwing their their hands up and what we want to talk about with diapers to desk is it's not just the women and advocate for women themselves but companies have to do a better job of understanding and supporting and building empathy and um, having more family-friendly policies and understanding that, you know, women and fathers too have a full-time job. And so how do we, right? So how do we keep that talent in, you know, the marketplace? And as our talent and workforce changes, you know, we're going to have a labor crisis and and companies have got to figure out proactively, how can I keep my employees engaged? And, you know, flexibility equals freedom. And so, you know, with the the technology today, there's so many great ways that you can have, you know, people log in, you know, work remotely. And there's a concept called agile working where, you know, people can log in, you know, and work from the soccer field or just, you know, be able to have more flexibility with their schedule, but allow them to continue to work. Um, But what we've built with Diapers to Desk, and you can check it out at diaperstodesk.com, and we um, support women before, during, and after parental leave. So how to tell your boss. Um, research shows that women, you know, 21% of women are scared to tell their boss, and they're, they're fearful. So how do you have that conversation how do you also transition your work and what's your checklist and what are the, some of the things that you should be thinking about? And that's before. So we help with setting expectations. And then we help during um, parental leave when you are in shock and your life is flipped upside down. And unfortunately, society is, you know, thinks that you're out on vacation, sipping pina coladas and having a great time. <laughs> but, you know, it's some of the hardest work that you'll ever have to do. And so we've coached hundreds of women and they all have the exact same 
um, pretty much the exact same scenario. And, and so we have created a place where we normalize those feelings of anxiety and stress and um, also help women, you know, not make those rash decisions of like, okay, don't quit your job just yet. You know, go back. It takes yeah. you about six months to feel normal again. And then 12, 12 months to kind of re-get re in. But w- with women, especially high-achieving women that go back into the workforce, you know, you feel like a failure. You know, you're not you're not spending time at home like you want. You're not, you know, you're not getting support back at work. And so you just can't win. And so, so many women are like, well, if you're going to make me choose, then, you know, I'm going to step back down. And that's just not, that's not how it should be. One thing that you said about how this, this isn't talked about enough and you end up feeling like when you have that anxiety, when you have that worry and that stress, you think you're the only one. Yes. You do. It is very, very isolating. And so that very isolating. And then when we've built a program, and it's actually called Balance, which is, uh, and it takes you through seven concepts and actual guidebooks and, you know, really building in deep, deep down um, seven concepts on how to help you um, shift um, the overwhelm and the burnout that so many working parents feel. And I've now partnered or brought in a managing partner, Elise, and she is just incredible. Um, a mom of three. She just had her third baby. I don't, she's amazing. And, um, but she is a licensed um, therapist and has been specializing with maternal, um, maternal mental wellness and so mental health. And so I've really branded in Diapers to Desk is now all about mental wellness and mental health and helping with actual therapeutic techniques because, you know, there's so much anxiety and mm-hmm. um, stress that, that parents feel. And then especially it's all about guilt. There's a lot of guilt that, w- we as um, working parents, um, all of us feel like I'm not measuring up at home. I'm not measuring up at work. And, you know, I have this, this, this constant guilt that I am not good enough and that's really heavy. And so having that conversation of, of, of shifting that and knowing that um, you are enough and, you know, you're doing, you know, you're, you're doing great things and having just a confidential place to have those conversations is what we provided. Amy, I feel like I'm having all the feelings again, (laughs) just talking about this. Um, I am not on the verge of tears right now. Everything is fine. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's, it's really, it it started as a passion project, Anna. And now I've, and I've just had, like I told you, it's been an uphill battle pushing and advocating for this and to, uh, and I saw an article last week and it talked about, um, 2020 is the year of the mother and so many women are just now and mothers pushing back saying, you know, this enough is enough. You know, I, I had a, I had a baby. I didn't lose my brain and just really starting to speak up and advocate for themselves and say, you know, I, I, I want more, but you know, also Anna, I'm seeing some amazing women that don't have children also advocating for working mothers too. And I had a conversation the other day with a client and her, she, she said her co-worker that doesn't have kids was telling her you need to ask for you know flexible work schedule and two days off and and that to me is re- reassuring and refreshing because it's got to be 
it's got to be um, a bigger picture than right. just the, the the problem for the working mother, right? It's got to be the fathers have to understand, women that don't have children have to understand, you know, people that don't, you know, they just have to support because, you know, w- the birth rate is declining because it's, it's a penalty. Right, right. And you can't have both. And and so th- that this is something that we, you know, uh, and I understand that some people do want to um, choose not to have children. And that is that is totally fine. And we talk about in our leadership training how to build um, your team and how to cultivate respect mm-hmm. um, among everybody because everybody's life does matter. And it, it does. And so we, we, we need to build uh, employees and companies where – it's not well you're you're the you're the parent you're the, you're the mother that has you know three kids so you're going to get every holiday off and you don't have to work late and then you have you know uh, yeah. somebody else that's penalized because they don't have children and and so how did, how you know you, because what ends up happening is you know the the person yeah. that doesn't have kids ends up resenting the person with kids and then it just then they're going to sabotage them they're not going to be great team players and this the cycle just continues so um, whether we we have that building empathy for each other, understanding like this is what, you know, that's the conversation that we need to have. I think that one thing, Amy, that we need to remember is that, you know, you're, you're in it, you're working in that space every day. I have made that transition from not being a parent to being a parent and had to muddle my way through the solo business owner version of maternity leave. And then there are those of you listening who didn't, didn't know, or you, you didn't learn about the maternity leave, parental leave situation at your workplace until it was relevant to you. And maybe that's when you got fired up because you realized it wasn't good enough or it wasn't what you needed, or you didn't have the support that you needed. And you just, you wanted to do something about it and you wanted to make change and you wanted to write letters to your congressman and see what we can do about being on par with what's offered to parents in other countries, but then the days pass and then the weeks pass and then it's less of a burning need for you as an individual. Amy, how do we, how do, yes. how do we keep yes. that going? How do we keep that fire lit and help those who come after you know, us? Yes. Amazing. And you just nailed that on the head because honestly, you are so, so right. And I do a hundred percent believe that the work culture for working mothers has not dramatically changed or improved because the pain that new moms feel is, is, is very brief. It really is. Um, and, and it's painful for just a short time and then you get over that pain. But what happens in that brief moment, so many women have stepped out of the workforce and are leaving. And so, and I think also yeah. women especially are just really tired to fight. Um, they're just so tired. They're like, it's not worth fighting for more money. I just want you to give me less hours. It's not worth fighting because it's not going to change. I mean, I, I teach customer service and we talk about customers don't complain because nothing's going to change. It's not going to, it's not going to get better. So why, why complain? And I think so many women especially have just stopped complaining or, you know, they're like, I can't change yeah. the system, but it we can and we must. And 
So I, that's honestly why I brought in Elise because Elise just had a new baby and her passion is still there. And so I have seen it and I'm like, I know my passion is kind of dwindled because I have a six-year-old, but I don't, I want change and I want to push for this. And so I brought in somebody that can reignite that power and reignite the, the fire. And so you're right because because I think so many working mothers just keep going and, and it just hasn't changed. Like it should, Amy, it should change. And it, it I am so fired up right now. Like I I'm just, I'm feeling all the feelings and I'm so excited that you were able to make time to come and, you know, tell your story and really dive into the subject of women's leadership and the type of change that we're capable of making on the you know maternity leave, the transition, the the working mother scene, and um, before we wrap up, you know how can someone, if someone wants to work with you, whether in the whether in training or diapers to desk, how can they find you and work with you? Well, on diapers to dust, that's is we are on Instagram. We have a large following and lots of great social media, so you can find us at diapers to desk. And also, our website is um, diapers to dust.com and Landry Training is landrytraining.com. I'm on LinkedIn, Amy Landry. You can find me there. Perfect. And I'll be sure to link to all of that in the show notes. Okay, so Amy, we are a couple weeks into 2020. I know that you like to do all kinds of, you know, fun planning and vision casting for the year ahead. Did you by any chance pick a word of the year? And if so, would you share it with us? I did pick a word of the year and it, you actually just said what women can do and potential. And so for me, my word is can. Oh, I know can, 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 but it stands for collaborate, advocate, and negotiate. Oh my goodness. I think you just won the word of the year. (laughs) So we can, and I love it. That's I'm all in that. Like we can a very powerful word. That is, that is my 2020. I can, we can. That's perfect. (laughs) Amy, I love it. We can and we will. (laughs) And thank you again so, so much for spending time with me today and for really giving you to our listeners and encouraging them to find their strength and find their power and believe in themselves. And I'm just, I'm so grateful for you and everything that you shared today. So Amy, thank you so much. My true pleasure. And I'm so proud of you. And I appreciate the honor of being on today. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you. And there you have it. I hope you've enjoyed listening in on this conversation with Amy as much as I enjoyed being a part of it. Amy is truly inspiring, an amazing example, and just so much fun. And she was a dancer on a Disney cruise ship? What? Seriously full of surprises. You can find links to each of the books Amy mentioned, as well as links to the organization she supports, plus how to learn more about Landry Corporate Training and Diapers to Desk by visiting the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 12. And don't forget that you can save $10 on your first purchase from Love Every by visiting abouttimepodcast.com forward slash play kit. 
The toys that Camilla has gotten so far in her play kits are some of her favorites, especially her little soft doll named Avery. And before you go, let me tell you about next week's episode. Next week's episode, episode 13, is a little different. Instead of an interview with an amazing go-getter or teaching a step-by-step guide to a time management concept, I'm sharing what becoming a mom has taught me about time, priorities, and what matters most. My little girl, Camilla, turns one on January 24th. And as you can imagine, my life has changed in the past year in ways that I couldn't have predicted. I'll talk about what caught me off guard, what I've grown to be thankful for, and how my approach to managing my time has changed, and also what stayed the same. I hope you'll tune in, and I look forward to telling you a little bit of my story. Thanks again for listening in, and I look forward to talking with you soon. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.